from Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast, the research and insights that give God glory, refute evolution, and give you the answers to defend your faith. This short piece is written to my fellow Christians who hold to theistic evolution in the sincere hope that it may provoke you to think again. I don't write to condemn, but to appeal to you to look into the issue some more. Many people think theistic evolution, also known as evolutionary creation, a position held by many theologians and scientists today, represents the sensible middle ground. But is that really the case? American theologian Wayne Grudem argues that theistic evolution completely nullifies the evidence for God's existence in living things and therefore significantly hinders evangelism. How so? by reducing any confidence your hearers might have in the Bible. I myself once held to theistic evolution, but along with many other Christians, I now believe that it undercuts Christianity as a reliable source of truth. James Moreland, professor of philosophy at Biola University, observes that it weakens the rational authority of biblical teaching among Christians and non-Christians. As a result, the Bible is no longer regarded by many as a genuine source of knowledge, and fewer and fewer people take the Bible seriously. Think about that for a moment. Many adherents of theistic evolution hold that there are human beings alive today who never descended from Adam, but doesn't that undermine the logic of redemption? The Apostle Paul indicates that it is those bearing Adam's image who are eligible for salvation through Christ. In any case, why did Jesus need to die if there was no Adam or original sin, as most theistic evolutionists teach? The gravity of sin is inevitably downplayed, as Nia Middleton observes. A lecturer at Dublin City University, and a theistic evolutionist of sorts, she claims, much of what would have been considered sin in the past can now be attributed to circumstances that are not the fault of any particular individual and can, in fact, be remedied through secular rather than religious means. Moreover, many academics are not impressed with the cherry-picking approach to the Bible's teaching that goes hand-in-glove with theistic evolution. And I'm not talking about strong atheists like Richard Dawkins. Steve Stewart Williams is professor of psychology at the University of Nottingham's Malaysia campus. He has a long-standing interest in philosophical issues relating to the mind and evolutionary theory, having authored two books whose titles betray his position. Darwin, God and the Meaning of Life, and The Ape That Understood the Universe. In the former, he complains, the idea that the biblical stories are symbolic is charitable to the point of absurdity. What would we think of a university professor who, happening upon unambiguous errors in a favorite student's work, concluded that the student was speaking symbolically and awarded her top marks? The whole notion that Genesis is metaphorical and that evolution is a testament to the glory of God smacks of the kind of spin doctoring that gives politicians a bad name. Liberal Christians alter their original religious beliefs to make them compatible with evolutionary theory and then scoff at the idea that there was ever any threat. In doing so, they casually downplay just how radically they've rewritten their religion. Arguably, it is not the same religion as the one it evolved from, it merely shares the same name. Arguably, not the same religion, says Steve Stewart Williams in the context of a denial of the early part of Genesis as history. If that seems rather unfair, consider American theologian John Walton's reimagined version of the events of Genesis 3. He, the serpent, does not say, you will not die. 
Instead, the placement of the negation results in something more like, don't think that death is such an immediate threat. Walton argues that pain, suffering, and mortality were already present in the world in which Adam and Eve found themselves, making their disobedience more excusable. Instead, we can have a much more charitable attitude toward Adam and Eve when we realize that it is not that they initiated a situation that was not already there. It is that they failed to achieve a solution that was in their reach. Reread the statement by Neam Middleton, and we must acknowledge that this charitable attitude to sin carries over into people's view of human wrongdoing today, and that, in the words of Wayne Grudem, certainly hinders evangelism. If sin is not so bad, why the need for atonement? Maybe there are other less ugly ways to cover human sin that don't require the bloodshed of the incarnate Son of God? Perhaps after all, the idea that Christ took the punishment for our sins is merely a theory of substitutionary atonement that we may dispense with. Much more convenient, surely, simply to take Jesus as our example rather than our sacrifice for sins. Except that we now have a different gospel and another Jesus, which distorts the gospel of Christ. Debate over the opening chapters of Genesis has continued for over a century and a half since Charles Darwin advanced his revolutionary ideas. Arguments that once raged between liberals and evangelicals are now mainstream evangelical debates. Was there a historical Adam and Eve? An actual original sin? And how did the New Testament writers, including the Lord Jesus Christ himself, treat Genesis? Does theistic evolution enhance our understanding of origins and Christian doctrine? Author Philip Bell's book, Evolution and the Christian Faith, sets out to explore these questions in detail. It assesses the impact of evolutionary thinking in society at large, and whether or not theistic evolution is compatible with core Christian doctrines. The attributes of God, the deity of Jesus Christ, the problem of evil, the nature of mankind, original sin, death, the gospel, and the restored new creation, missions, and evangelism. You will find Evolution and the Christian Faith available at creation.com slash store. The creation.com article podcast is brought to you by the studios of Creation Ministries International USA. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes. This episode's article was written by Michael Ord. Be sure to listen to our other show, creation.com talk. Visit our events page to find a creationist giving a presentation in your local area. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter at creation.com donate. If you want the latest noteworthy research and news, subscribe to Creation Magazine. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening. <laughs>